Good morning, Real Estate Daily. It is your real estate guru, and it's another fantastic day. And we're talking about a great topic today that you're confronted with all the time. Thank you for the comments on this, by the way, about the suggestion of the topic. So the topic today is, should, you, should a client sell their current home, sell the home, before they buy another home. And I'll tell you, there's a lot to be considered on this this morning. Good morning, and it's time to build your business. I hope you've got a cup of coffee you're sipping on this morning. I've certainly got mine from, from the Black Rifle Coffee Company. And loving it. All right, let's get right into it. Should you sell before you buy? There's a lot of considerations that you have to think about when you start thinking about sell before you buy. Now I'm gonna put out the easy one first, but it has to be asked upfront. You probably know it because you're already part of that client. You're already talking to them. You already know some of their motivations about selling things like this, but you have to know this part. Is it your home or is it an investment? Is it their primary residence that they're selling? Or is this an investment? This is a huge thing to know right out of the gate because the, the considerations for it are very different. You can't go down the same path if it is their primary residence versus it's, it's an investment home they have. Maybe they have a renter in it or Whatever it is, it's an investment home, a building, a commercial building, whatever kind of investment it is, it's not their primary residence. So primary residence versus investment. That's your first question to your client. You, you know, you want to represent your client competently here. We're trying to grow your business and competence within the industry and within specific topics really important showcase your knowledge by asking i just want to make sure even though they're sitting in the home you can say this is your primary residence right and they'll say what do you mean by that well it's not an investment home and you can have that nice discussion about it because if it's their primary residence and they've been there even just a few years they're likely to be able to escape capital gains fairly easily, but it's a different path of escaping versus an investment property. You can do a 1031 exchange. You can do a Delaware statutory trust and, and escape. You can do several things out there. Those, those, are, those are very primary things to do and escape. Excuse me. <laughs> I choked this morning and escape capital gains. But you do want them to escape capital gains or they won't have the same money to invest in in the next place. And the question sell before you buy, the timing of that is very different. For an investment home, the timing, you have to identify things within 45 days after the sale, within... 45 days of the closing, you have to identify things that are going to be the next investment. Then you have to close on those things within 180 days. Pay close attention. If you're giving into a 1031, pay close attention to it. But today, our primary discussion is about 
primary residence. So let's get over to primary res. I have other videos on 1031s and, and, and that kind of exchange program, but let's get over to primary residence and the considerations. So the per people are thinking about selling their home and they're saying, I'm going to sell before I buy. Well, what does that solve? Number one, you have to think to yourself, okay, what are they trying to solve? Because we are in a limited inventory environment. Well, the limited inventory environment isn't going to change just because they sell first. There's a lot of considerations on this. One moment while I sip a little more coffee. I hope you're fired up this morning and ready to build your business. Because I tell you, spring is on the way. And real estate, if you haven't checked, if you haven't looked out the real estate window and checked on it, real estate is already hot, like crazy hot. And we're only in the latter part of January. Can you imagine where your business is going? It's going to go crazy this year. Okay, so... There's limited inventory. We are in a seller's market. I remind people of this all the time. This isn't changing later this year. We're in a seller's market. A seller's market means there's very few sellers and a whole bunch of buyers, thousands of buyers. In a buyer's market, it's just the opposite. There's very few buyers and thousands of sellers, but that's not our market. Our market is very few sellers of properties and thousands of buyers. So selling before you buy isn't going to change that. Because I've heard people say, well, if I sell before I buy, it'll be easier for me to go ahead and get the home of my dreams. Maybe, unlikely, but... <laughs> I have to throw the maybe out because there are conditions. It's a, it's one of those possibility things where if someone has enough equity in their house and they're going to sell and they're going to have all this cash, so they're going to be able to bid on other homes with purely cash. Now, that's not most people. Most people aren't walking out with enough total cash out of one sale to cash another one. They're, you know, they're, they're making money on one, but not enough total cash to go out and cash out the next home. That's generally not what's happening. Generally, what's happening is people are making a little money on the current home. They're either upsizing or downsizing. There's a goal going on here. And the limited inventory isn't going to change just because they sell for so if you're a client coming to me and, you're, and your question is i have a home and i want to move somewhere else in the general area i i'm downsizing maybe it is that's very typical these days downsizing to a smaller home to save ourselves some heating bills and maybe they want a one-story home easier to get around as, as people age things like this is it going to be easier to sell first and the answer is it depends but likely no I've got to weight this a little bit on the no side because it, it's my opinion. By the way, I'd love to hear from you in the comments. What do you think about 
sell before buy. I'd like to know what your advice is to your clients. How do you hedge this animal? How do you hedge this thing that when people attack you with, well, I've got a house I really want to sell. And I think I'm going to go ahead and sell it. And I need to buy. Well, what does that put them into? You're still in a limited inventory environment. We have limited inventories. Like if someone walks in my office today and wants a house in South Gresham that's VA approved and four bedrooms and three baths, something like this, there may only be one. There, there's not going to be many, promise you. There's not going to be many. We're just not in that kind of an environment where we actually have many. So what are the options for when you say don't sell before you buy? So they're, they're hot on the selling thing. And, you know, as, as agents, we always want somebody that's hot on selling. That's like our dream, isn't it? But remember, you are an agent working for them, not just to put another dollar in your pocket. Yeah, I know you want to put money in your pocket. I get it. But you have, need that relationship for later also. So you have to think about the best strategy going on. You could get two deals instead of one deal and then they're in an apartment or something. Okay, so one plan is you can do contingency planning in the sale contract. So sell, sell before you buy. Maybe you can do both. Maybe you can plan on a both and, you know, both and do both. You, you can head down that path. What does that look like? Inside the sale contract, you have to put a contingency piece of language in there that says the seller will only close the deal based upon finding reasonable replacement home. This, this is so close to an illusory contract, but we do allow it. We simply allow it. So the person accepts an offer and they are under this contingency ruling. They're not going to close unless they find a reasonable replacement. This at least protects your, your seller from being homeless or at least from having to go to an apartment, which let me tell you, if you haven't looked at the apartment situation in, in the Northwest lately, and I know you're busy doing real estate sales, but it's also important to know about all parts of real estate to some degree, you know, have a general overview of it. And part of real estate is the housing market in rental markets. And let me tell you, it is crazy hot out there on finding anything, or I should say difficult out there to find anything. I mean, the, the rental market has went insane. They're, the rental market, there just isn't hardly anything available. And what's available is going to cost a bundle of money. Your homeowner may need to be brought up to knowledge on this. Because if their plan is, well, we're going to sell before we buy and we'll just go over here and rent a house for a while thinking that renting, renting something is going to be easy, number one, it's not going to be easy. It just, come on. <laughs> it's not going to be easy, you guys. You know this. You're in the industry. And you need to tell 
the person you're working with. You need to be the source of the knowledge for giving them the economic knowledge of what you know and you study in this industry all the time. Bring that knowledge to them. Let them know how difficult the rental market is in most areas in the Northwest, across the United States even. We are having huge rental problems. My brother just got a move, moving to Minnesota and is loving it there. My other brother just got done moving the same year. He moved, he moved over to Arkansas. Same problem in Arkansas. I happen to know this because they're my brothers. I talk to them all the time. They move their whole families to these, one to Minnesota, one to Arkansas. The rental markets there, when they were looking to, have to finish up the sale of their homes and move into something, the rental markets there are tied up. Just like in the Northwest, it's the same problem. There isn't hardly anything available. And just a, 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 as an extra, you know, hit upside the noggin. And it's really expensive, which makes sense. It makes sense in a lot of ways. If we are short of housing, we're short of that inventory, both in actual sales and we're short in rentals, the price of both sides are going to go up. I mean, this is not some, you know, nuclear science thing. It's just economically in a capitalist environment. That makes sense. I'm not saying I'm all happy about it on how, on how steeply it's going up. But it is going up. So making a contingency plan for the seller to sell their, their home might be a good plan so that they have some space carved out to go and find their self somewhere to go. But there's a problem. There's a kick in the head that comes along with a contingency plan in a seller's market. That kick in the head is significant. And, the, and what it is, well, you make the contingency plan and you make an offer on a home and you're ready to move forward. And the people that have been waiting behind the scenes get tired of waiting. And they may exit from the wait. Oh, now, in a seller's market, at least it's more likely they're going to hang in there with you. But they don't, buyers don't quit looking. They don't quit looking. They, they're in your contract. And it's contingent upon you finding something, which also allows them simply to exit the contract. Now, there's usually lots of buyers, and you can put that package back together. Now, the contingency plan on the other side, so that's putting the contingency plan on, on the front side, where you're selling the home. But now, let's say you decide to go and look for a home first and put a contingency that you have to sell your home. So different kinds of contingency plans. <coughs> Excuse me. One moment while your guru has to take another sip of coffee. Wow, the wind has come up out there tonight. Of course, I live in the mouth of the gorge. We always have some kind of wind going on. But the wind really came up out there. Okay. 
different kinds of contingency plans to think about. The other kind of contingency plan is they don't put their house up for sale. They simply go out and look for a house to buy. And they write the offer contingent upon selling their house. Remember the first one was they wrote they wrote the contract contingent upon them finding replacement. So that's from this point going forward. The other one is looking back a little bit. So if they go out there to the seller's market and start writing offers contingent upon them selling their home, this is yet another kick in the noggin because in the seller's market, this is probably the hardest one. This is the most difficult problem you're going to face when it comes to contingency planning in a seller's market. Because put it, making an offer that is contingent upon you selling your house and you're making this nice offer on a $400,000 house and it, it, it's a sweetheart offer, everything's good about it. But for one thing, it's contingent upon you selling. Now we know in a seller's market, Basically, everything is selling, but nobody wants to wait, particularly in a seller's market when they're confronted with 20 other offers and lots of the other offers don't have to wait. That's going to be yet another difficulty. This is where you may want to think about a bridge loan instead of sell before you buy, it's a bridge loan to bridge the two products with a lender that'll give a bridge loan to it. That can solve both problems at times. It's going to take some credit, credit worthiness. It's going to take some equity in, in, the, in the homes. It's going to take some, some doing. But bridge loans are certainly a consideration for you to think about. Okay, so we, we have the contingency offers. We've considered that. We've considered the investment. We've considered the primary residence. We're mostly talking about primary residence today. Now, if the plan is, is simply to move into an apartment, and we've talked about some of the apartment problems, that there's a limited inventory in sales of homes, also a lim very limited inventory in the rental home market. However, if they choose to go that path, you're busy trying to support them in this and you're busy trying to help them find a rental home now as a replacement before they go in and buy. You might want to remind them of this. They are going to double many of their costs. The whole moving process, the hassle of moving, the packing up, the storage of things that won't fit into an apartment like it fit into their house. And it might fit into the new house because of what they're planning to buy. And that's fine. But it is going to increase costs significantly. My brother in Minnesota had to do exactly this. They had to rent a house while their home was still being closed on. But it does double many of the costs of making that pro process happen. And you need to put this on paper and show them, show the seller exactly what's happening. 
in this process that they are going to increase their costs. And that is significant. Anytime you're increasing my costs, I'm I'm saying that's significant. I can be going out for a hamburger and you say it's going to cost me more and I'm concerned already. I'm a bit of a penny pincher and I'm concerned right out of the gate that you're increasing my costs when I thought it was going to cost $10 and now you're saying it's going to cost $11. Why? And we're talking in this situation of housing thousands of dollars. We're no longer talking a buck. Anytime you're spending someone else's money, you need to show that you are concerned. This shows connection and reality. Think about it as being your dollars. This shows absolute connection to your client. It shows that you are concerned for them and you're helping them map this concern out. Very important. Okay. Currently in the market, we have an interest rate going up. Now, depending on what market you're in and what's happening, it could be going the other way. But right now, let's face it, this is reality right now in 22. We have interest rates slowly, it is slow, going up. Now, I bought my first house back during double digit times. So all of the all of these interest rates that are down here three, four percent are, are just you know crazy low and the, the insanity of almost giveaway money at times. We did some product some homes for a while that people got loans around the 2.6, 2.8 area. That's like giveaway money. That's incredible. It's like someone paying you to go and buy a house. They're just handing you the money. We're still, historically, we are still so low, it's amazing. However, let's get into the problem. With creeping up interest rates that can't be pre-locked into, and you're selling your house, and you're going to wait to find the current one, and maybe this is going to take a six-month, 12-month period of time while you sit in an apartment, and interest rates go up. Your buying power just went down. Let's say interest rates during that period of time go up by 1%. You are planning to buy a $400,000 house. You may not be able to afford it now. That's the unbelievable thing that can kick you in the head. That's how harsh this is. All of a sudden, interest rates go up by 1%. The buying power goes down. And by the way, the sellers of homes aren't moving their house down in price to compensate for that interest rate rise. Not that fast they aren't. They may have to eventually. But they're certainly not that early on. Interest rates slowly creep up. Now they're just... Let's just say they go up to four and a half percent. You thought you were going to lock in at three and a half percent. 
and you ran numbers based upon that with your lender, you need to go back and talk to your lender. You need to take your client back, have a discussion with the lender. Where are the new cutoff points for affordability based upon debt to income and incomes that they actually have and possess at that time? It changes. Interest rates change all of our ability to afford something in the future. This has to be considered on the sell now and buy later or sell before you buy. However you want to categorize that, it the interest rates have to be brought into the picture. It's a big consideration. All right. Now, I know you're already doing this one. But in, just as a reminder, all that we've talked about, we've been, we've been going over multiple elements of sell before you buy considerations, including all the, the different ends of contingencies and interest rates and the rental housing market and all of that that's happening. You ultimately have to know the motivation of your client. Your, the motivation of your client, it might be that they're retired and they have kids somewhere else that are having grandchildren and they want to be there. And that kind of motivation can change. Let me tell you, it can change the world. It can change the whole outlook. When people start talking grandchildren or their own children and getting them into the right school, motivations all of a sudden are realigned and they change. And you need to know what is the motivation to sell that home. Why are they considering selling before they buy? What market are they headed to? What are they looking for that with diligent look couldn't be found even in a difficult market? Come on, things are selling. You know, there are hundreds of closings every day. To think you can't find something is silly. It's just hard to find something, that's all. Pardon me while I have a little more coffee. Understanding the motivation of the seller is imperative to the relationship. Now, you already know this. I, I, I get it. But you do have to dig in deep to that motivation. The surface fact that they want to sell is obvious. Not so obvious what they want to do with the money. Are they actually going to rebuy something? Are they going to move into an RV? You know, I've had lots of people in the in the past. Well, lots. I've had quite a few people in the past that have decided to sell and simply cruise around the United States in an RV for the next two or three years and then come back and settle on something. That was at least their plan. But one particular particular family had planned that. They cruised around for a few months and came back and said, we're tired of cruising around. We're going to plant ourselves in, in a new home, get something purchased, and then take vacations. So sometimes people don't know exactly what's going to work for them in that way. But you need to know what is at least the thought process. What is that plan? And you need to have a line of questions that will dig into that understanding motivation. 
you know, we are in the business of sales. People can call this anything they want to. We're in the business of sales. And part of your job is understanding the client. People will love you for understanding them. They'll love you for hearing them out. They go to the Walmarts of the world or whoever, you know, any big box store out there. They're not busy listening to them. This is your opportunity to carve out that deep relationship. And remember, if you're starting the business today, the goal is within about three years to have enough return business that about half your business is starting to come from repeat business, repeat business. That's the goal. I would love it, by the way, if you took some time, made a comment about how do you do this process? How do you advise your clients in this? Do you advise your clients to sell in this market, in a seller's market, before they buy? Do you use contingencies, and how do you use the contingencies? I'd also love it if you take a moment and like the video and follow us on social media. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. It's kind of the everywhere nowadays, you know, and subscribe to the channel. Open up the members only, the guru member only events by subscribing to the channel where every week we go deeper into a topic for the members only. That's the guru members only. And you get to that by subscribing to the channel. I look forward to talking with you soon. I'm your real estate guru. This is Real Estate Daily, and we will talk very soon.